Welcome to the Sunday Sermons Podcast. It was recorded on a Sunday morning at Morrison Hill Christian Church in Kingston, Tennessee. Our prayer is that the truths and strategies presented in this message will equip you to become a more fully devoted follower of Jesus Christ. Thank you for listening. Thank you so much to every single person who's been part of this this morning. It's so fun to have everybody together. In most of the homes uh, around this time of year, there's probably a bunch of people getting together. And usually there's two tables. There's the adult table and the kids table. Has this ever happened? Have you ever seen this happen? And a lot of times what we do at church, for very practical reasons, is that's how we set it up. We have adult table and then we have a teen table and we have a kid table. There's great stuff happening all the time and it needs to happen that way. But what a blessing to have everybody sitting at the same table this morning. You follow me? Thank you. And the worship and the, the kids singing and the message from Denny and the whole thing, just thank you to everybody who brought food. This is just a wonderful day, and I'm really thankful. It's very, very great time to celebrate. But at this particular season... Listen, it's, it's okay. Don't worry about them. It, it, I, love, I love that there's some kids in here today. So let's just all take a big deep breath and enjoy that. That's going to be awesome. But in this season, we, the whole thing is revolving around Jesus one way or another. So for the last several weeks, even while we were talking about some other things, spiritual disciplines and how to defeat the seven deadly sins, things like that, we've already been walking through Advent, the themes of Advent, which is just a, a way to remember what it's all about. This morning, we're going to come through those things one more time, and we're st- actually starting a new series, a four-week series over the holidays. At this time of the year, we always try to remember two main things about Jesus. Jesus. One is that he was love incarnate. He was God himself made flesh, God himself showing us what it looks like to live a perfect life, what it looks like to love, what it looks like to be what he wants us to be. And then we also remember that when he left, he told us to become that for the world. And whether we do a good job or a bad job, that is the job he gave us. We are now love incarnate on this planet, and it's our responsibility to make that happen. So this morning, again, we're walking through these things. We're going to do it a little bit more creatively. I'm going to have some helpers in just a second. But I want to uh, remind you again that Jesus Christ's birth is what we're celebrating right now, but it's just part of a massive story. Even Jesus' own story, it starts with his birth here, but it also, it goes to the cross and the empty tomb, and that is why it's so important. And that story is part of a much, much bigger story that started even before the beginning We'll look at that in a moment. And it lasts and it looks forward to way beyond all the way to the end of what we call time and to eternity on the other side. But what a wonderful day to celebrate this is. So we're starting out first of all today with the arrival, celebrating that Jesus is born. And what we're remembering with this first candle, candle number one, is that Jesus gives us real hope. When he makes a promise, he's not just saying, hey, think positive. Don't, don't, don't get too depressed. Hey, do your best. We need, you to, we need you to try your best to kind of keep a stiff upper lip. He's saying, look, I am somebody who always keeps my promises. I have a perfect track record. If I said I'm going to do something, it's going to happen. And so the hope the first candle represents, represents this. God keeps his promises. So with each one of these candles, I'm going to have somebody hold this up. She's going to yell it. You guys are yelling it with her. Okay, here's the first thing we're remembering this morning. Ready? 
God. God keeps his promises. Okay, that was pretty good, but I think you can do better. Let's try this one more time. Ready? God keeps his promises. All right, thank you. Thank you. She's going to stay there and we're going to keep going. Psalm 146 is a passage that people around the world are reading today as they celebrate Advent. We're going to look at a few verses from that this morning. Psalm 146 starts out praising God. The first three lines is praise the Lord. And then it goes, just kind of tells how much they love God. And then it kind of derails for a little bit and it starts kind of giving us a warning. And it says, don't put your trust in people. Here's why. They're always going to let you down and they're going to die. It's kind of depressing right there in the minute. So, so, so we're going we're gonna to skip that. It's, it's true. Read it. One, Psalm 146. And then, then it goes to the end and it says this. But joyful are those who have the God of Israel as their helper, whose hope is in the Lord our God. He made heaven and earth, the sea and everything in them. He keeps every promise forever. See, even back then, the Psalms were being written hundreds and hundreds of years before Jesus was born. But even then, they were reminding themselves that they could keep hope. They could keep believing because God keeps his promises. They're looking all the way back to creation. They're going, hey, if God could speak a word and make all this stuff happen, I think he can actually send the Messiah. I think this can actually happen. And we do the same thing now when we look back and then we look forward to his second coming. But this idea of the word, it's, it's, uh, we mentioned this just a few weeks ago, but some of you weren't here, so I want to remind you. Logos is the Greek word, and it means word. It literally means word, but it also means a lot more. It means reason or a plan, some sort of providence, some sort of a guiding sense of order. It means the way that God and humans communicate. And when John wrote his gospel, he knew that that's what the Greeks who would read his gospel would think of when they saw this word. And that's why he started with this passage in John chapter 1. Once again, we don't always do this here, but during Advent we've been standing up at some point to read scripture together. And I, I'm going to ask you to do that one more time. Would you stand? We're going to read the first five verses of John chapter 1. In the beginning... The Word already existed. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through Him, and nothing was created except through Him. The Word gave life to everything that was created, and His life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. Amen. Thank you. Please have a seat and we're going to keep going. Remember, this first candle reminds us what? God keeps his promises. Excellent. Here comes candle number two. Candle number two represents that. Oh, oh, oh you okay? Sorry. All right. Woo. All right. That was amazing. All right, candle number two represents all the things that went into preparing for God to keep his promise. All the different ways that God asked us to prepare for his second coming. And this is, this is the four words I need you to say with her every time she holds her candle up. We trust and obey. Ready? We trust and obey. That was actually pretty good, but we're going to practice one more time. Ready? We trust and obey. Excellent job. 
I need Jason Wyatt to come on up. Get up for Jason Wyatt. And I got to tell you, I'm just a little bit scared right now. Go ahead. You guys know what to do. So they're going to do an illustration for you. Um, they're going to blindfold Wyatt. And then Jace is going to guide him around. He's going to have to go down these stairs and across in front and back up here. And Jace is going to be his guide. God help us all. Specifically Wyatt. <laughs> Specifically, God help Wyatt. Here we go. So everybody just watch, enjoy. Let's see what happens. You got this, guys. And win. Thank you. All right, you didn't need to do it a second time. We got this. Excellent job. Let me high five you. You're good. Excellent. All right, you guys can have a seat. That was perfect. Give it up for them. Appreciate that. Here's why I asked them to do that. This is what life feels like. This is why we celebrate Christmas, why we celebrate things that help us remember that there is real hope and that we can keep trusting and obeying. Because how many have ever felt like you believe God is guiding you, you believe he knows best, but you don't really see what's going on? Has this ever happened to you? That's happened to me over time. And, and everything he says sounds like, are you kidding? Maybe this is a joke. And then random stuff gets thrown at you. Thank you for that. That was a cool surprise. We'll own that. Random stuff just happens. You don't know what's going on. You trust, but it's hard because you don't see what's going on. And sometimes it's really hard. You feel like things are getting worse. You're, they're going down, if you will. And then there's other times when it think, it's pretty good, pretty smooth, not that bad. And then you're having to climb. Things are, it's not that bad, but it's, there's some work involved, and there's even more trust. Are you with me? Does this sound like your real life? Because it sounds like my real life. But here's what we can remember. You ready? Oh, God keeps his promises. So we can. Trust and obey. Excellent. So, 
Another illustration from the Bible is of this way that God loves to act. He never works on our timetable. He almost never does exactly what we expect him to or wish he would do. Almost never. But he always comes through. A great illustration is John the Baptist. God had said for centuries earlier that he would send somebody who would come before the Messiah to let him know the Messiah is coming. He had even said that he would be like a voice calling in the wilderness. But I guarantee you that they did not expect this. They did not expect a Nazarite, somebody who'd never cut their hair in their entire life, somebody who actually lived in the wilderness 24-7, who lived on locusts and wild honey, all the other things that were quirky and weird about John the Baptist. Nobody expected that, and yet God came through. John the Baptist's parents were also pretty surprised. They were faithful believers their whole life. They served God. His dad was a priest who worked in the temple named Zechariah. His mom's name was Elizabeth. But all their life, in a time and in a culture where it was very important that everybody had children, they were not able to have children. And it hurt them, and it scared them, and it bothered them, and it made them feel like that God wasn't taking care of them, that God wasn't acknowledging their faithfulness. But then one day, seemingly out of the blue, but in God's perfect timing, Zechariah is making his offering. People are praying outside, waiting on him while he does that. And an angel appears to him and says, you're not only going to have a child in your old age, you're going to have, you're, this child is going to be that one who says the Messiah is coming. It's the beginning of this story of Jesus in ways that nobody saw coming, nobody expected, even though God had given them warning. Now, I, I don't know about you, but I've experienced this, and it's not always easy. It's confusing, and it's weird. I feel like I'm blindfolded, and God is kind of messing with me half the time. And yet I've seen him come through over and over, and I know that he can for you. Even in the midst of the weirdness and the craziness, I've seen God give me and many of you joy and peace. But when he finally comes through, there's a whole nother level of joy and peace. How many of you know what I'm talking about with that? And that's what the third candle, candle number three, represents. That's what candle number three represents. Here we go. <laughs> candle number three is the candle of joy and peace. And we say together, God gives us joy and peace. Ready? All right, so let's put all, put all this together in a sense. Here we go. God rarely does what we expect, but he uses people. And here's what it looks like. God gives us joy and peace. That was good. Let's do that one more time, everybody together. God keeps his promises. We trust and obey. God gives us joy and peace. Excellent. I'm going to read out of Luke chapter 2. This is another layer. Someone else who had been waiting a long, long time. Somebody probably looked crazy to the people around them because they believed and they were faithful, but there wasn't a lot of evidence for years and years. At that time, there was a man in Jerusalem named Simeon. He was righteous and devout and was eagerly waiting for the Messiah to come and rescue Israel. The Holy Spirit was upon him and had revealed to him that he would not die until he had seen the Lord's Messiah. So he'd been in this temple for a long, long time, faithfully coming and worshiping God. But he just knew someday, maybe not even at the temple, but someday before he died, he was going to get to see the Messiah. The Messiah was going to show up in his lifetime. Probably not a lot of people believed him. 
Probably a lot of people say, hey, if God was telling you this, don't you think he'd give you some details? Times, dates, locations, where to look, something. We don't know how crazy he must have seen. But here's what we know. God keeps his promises, and he did. One day, here comes Mary and Joseph in to do the dedication service with Jesus at, uh, when he was eight days old. Simeon, here we go, resuming the text. I'm sorry, it's still a picture up there. He took the child in his arms and praised God, saying... Sovereign Lord, now let your servant die in peace as you have promised. I have seen your salvation which you have prepared for all people. He is a light to reveal God to all the nations. He is the glory of your people Israel. Jesus' parents were amazed at what was being said about him. Think about that for just a moment. Mary and Joseph are amazed at what this guy is saying. After everything they've already seen? Yeah, because they didn't know everything either. If anybody was at the center of Project the Messiah is actually coming now, it was Mary and Joseph. They had seen so much, but they had no idea about Simeon. They had no idea about so many other layers of things that were happening that would happen. They just knew. Ready? And so... And along the way and at the end, joy and peace. It's okay. This is the same thing. Joy and peace, peace. It works. It works. Jesus himself later said this. Jesus spoke to the people once more and said, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. He also said, I am the way and the truth and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. If you had really known me, you would know who my Father is. From now on, you do know him, and you have seen him. Two things I want you to notice and not forget this entire season. What Jesus represents is that God is with us. Whatever we see Jesus doing, that's what God does. Whatever we hear Jesus saying, that's what God says. The attitudes Jesus has, the power Jesus has, it's all a direct representation of God himself. Second thing, if you notice, they keep saying to the nations. Did you hear that? I think that's part of what Mary and Joseph were amazed at, is they're still thinking this is going to be a Messiah, a Savior just for Israel. But it's not just for them. It's for the whole world. Jesus didn't say, I am the light of Israel. He said, I am the light of the world. And when he sent us out, listen, he didn't say, you are the light of Morrison Hill Christian Church. He said, you are the light of the world. We can't ever forget that. Candle number four. Here we go. Candle number four reminds us of this. That we get to share his love. And we get to share his love in every sense of that word share. We get to actually experience it. Jesus prayed and also made it possible so that we could be one with him just like he is one with his father. He, he, he said that the love that we were going to experience... Was, should be, we would be defined by a kind of love that you don't experience anywhere except among the people of God. Maybe we don't always get that right, but if we're settling for less than that, we're settling for less than what Jesus had in mind all along. 
He wants us to experience his love, but also share in the other sense. He wants us to share his love. We are the light of the world. To truly experience it, we've got to pass it on. So here we go. Ready? We share his love. All right, that's good. Let's put all, all four together now. Ready? Go. Excellent. You guys are doing great. I really appreciate it. John chapter 1, verses 11 to 14. We're back in John chapter 1 again. But to all who believe... I'm sorry, 1 first, first John 4.10. Let me try that again. 1 John 4.10. This is real love. Not that we loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Now John 1. But to all who believed Him and accepted Him, he gave the right to become children of God. They are reborn, not with a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. And so the Word became human and made His home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. And we have seen His glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. I love how Denny pointed out that the glory of God was something that's not just like, ooh, what is that? Is that the glory of God? You know what I'm saying? This is something that's just absolutely overwhelming because the glory of something in, in the scripture, it, it refers to their very essence. If you're in the presence of the glory of God, you're in the presence of God, the essence of God. God without any veils between you, without any doors between you, without any curtains between you, without you wearing a mask. You're seeing God himself. That's a big, big deal, way bigger than most of us imagine, except I like how Catherine J. Walden puts it. She says, Christmas is the season of Emmanuel. We celebrate the good news that he is near, that he cares for us, that he transforms lives. His presence was the greatest present God gave mankind. May we be present carriers of that presence. For this is how God loved the world. He gave His one and only Son so that everyone who believes in Him will not perish but have eternal life. God sent His Son into the world not to judge the world but to save the world through Him. One more time through the candles. We're about to add a fifth one, but I want to make sure. Say this, know it, mean it. Here we go. God gives us joy and peace. Excellent. In John 13, Jesus said this. So now I am giving you a new commandment. Love each other. Just as I have loved you, you should love each other. Your love for one another will prove that you are my disciples. God showed up. That's what, we're, that's what we're celebrating. God showed up and he still shows up in our lives. And here's what showing up looks like. It looks like putting others first. It looks like it's not about you. It looks like do the right thing no matter what. It looks like we keep our promises because he keeps his promises. 
It looks like when it feels like you're blindfolded and when you feel like you're doing your best but it just feels so scary and so weird even if you trust the person you're with, even if they're your friend. When you feel like that with God and you're in that kind of a season, you keep trusting and you keep obeying because he does keep his promises and it's going to work. And even in the midst of that, here's what it looks like when God shows up. When he shows up, not just when he showed up 2,000 years ago, but when he shows up in your life and my life today. When God shows up, you will experience some joy and peace that nobody else around you can even imagine. It won't make any sense because all of the promises haven't come true yet and yet you're connecting with him in that moment anyway. And eventually, you're going to see joy and peace because he will keep those promises. He will make something happen. It won't be what it, you expect. It won't be in the timeline that you think makes sense. But it will happen. And then you'll sense some joy and peace that you could never have imagined before. And you get to share the love of God. You get to experience it. And you get to share it with others. That's what it looks like when God shows up. That's what it looks like when we show up on his behalf. Candle number five. This is the one that all of the rest of these depend on the most. This one is the, the Christ candle. And if you come back on Tuesday night, we're going to meditate on all the, these will be lifted again. Again, it'll be an all ages thing. We hope that everybody can come back. But we'll especially focus on that. We won't like that until then. That's about Jesus' arrival. But here's what that celebrates. Is that Jesus Christ is Lord. I want you to say it super loud and you guys all say it with him. Ready? Jesus that was pretty good. But that's a pretty declarative statement that means a lot. I, I need it with a little bit more energy and power behind it. You ready? Jesus. That's a little better. We're going to give you one more shot in a second. But here's what Jesus said at the end of his story on earth. When he wraps up all this stuff that we're celebrating, when he made it clear that he was sending us out. When he said, I am the ultimate light of the world, but now you are the light of the world. I am love incarnate, except I am making you now love incarnate. This is your job now. Here's what he says. Matthew, at the end of the um, at the end of Matthew, he says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go into all the world, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey all the things that I have commanded. And I will be with you. Hear that? Emmanuel, God with us. I will be with you always to the end of the age. Because of manger scenes, a lot of people get confused, think the wise men showed up the night Jesus was born. They didn't. But their showing up was a pretty big, cool thing too. So we're going to look at that as we wrap up this morning. Matthew 2, verses 1 through 11 tells a story. Here's the last couple verses. It says, they entered the house and they saw the child with his mother Mary. No, it's a, it's a house. The stable's long gone. He's a child. He's not a baby anymore. It took him a while to get there. You with me? Okay. They entered the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. And then they opened their treasure chests and gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. The first and best Christmas gift ever is Jesus Christ himself. And let me just put your mind at ease, you're never going to top it. Okay? 
It's done. So I don't care how good you are at giving gifts, how much you really like whatever gifts you've ever received or ever will, but you're not going to top that one. The second Christmas gifts that were ever given were these ones given to Jesus. And I love what they represent. They represent that Jesus is the king. They represent that he is the great high priest, the one who offers incense on behalf of the people, and also the one who would die. He's both the great high priest and the Lamb of God. I don't know that those wise men, as wise as they were, I'm not sure they even understood all the implications on that. I'm not sure that any of us ever totally ever will with the whole Bible to look at and pray about and study and work through on this side of this part of the story that we're looking back at today. But here's what I know God knew. And here's what I know. What, these, what we're talking about this morning is, has been true and always will be true, and it's true today. One more time, everybody together. Okay, that was good, except I really think we can do it even better. One last time, and then we're going to wrap up and have an invitation. You ready? Here we go. God keeps his promises. We trust and obey. God gives us joy and peace. We share his love. Jesus Christ is Lord. Amen. Would you give it up for these guys? Thank you for helping me too. You guys can sit back down. Good job. Excellent. Here's what I know. All of you guys, and me included, all of us are waiting on something. There's something in your life, something that you're expecting God to do, something He's promised, something, something. I don't know what you're waiting on this morning, but here's what I'd love for you to do. I'd love you to give that to God this morning. In just a couple of seconds, we're going to stand and we're going to sing together and we're going to have one more, in, one more time to just commit ourselves to God. And as you're doing that, whatever it is that you're waiting for, whatever it is that you're saying, God, I just don't know if you're going to come through. I've waited so long. I, I just Your timing and, and the way I expect things to work out doesn't look anything at all like mine. I just don't get it. I'd like you to give that to God this morning. And here's the other thing. Maybe there's something God's been waiting on you about. Maybe there's something that God is going, how long is it going to take for you to just finally give me your life? How long is it going to take for you to finally give up that sin? You know it's wrong for crying out loud, get it over with and just give it over to me so you can have freedom. Maybe there's something God's wanting you to do. Maybe he wants you to be a missionary and help us reach the entire world. I don't know what it is, but you do and God does. And my challenge to you this morning is as we stand and as we sing, let's all commit our hearts to God, but surrender that stuff that you're waiting on and stop making God wait. Do whatever he's asking you to do. That concludes the Sunday Sermons podcast. You can respond to the invitation you just heard where you are right now. Don't waste this opportunity to change your life for the better. If you've made a decision or are interested in learning more, please visit us at morrisonhill.com.